This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse. Tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. Hello, it's the Sasquatch and thank you very much for tuning in to Chapter 7, Volume 3 of Monsters of the Clubhouse. This week's topic is the Melbourne Storm salary cap. So for those who don't know, Melbourne Storm are a rugby league club based in Melbourne, Victoria and Australia that participates in the NRL. And for a bit of reference, the Melbourne Storm in the Craig Bellamy era have been the equivalent of the New England Patriots with Brady at the helm and Bill Belichick calling the shots. Man United under Alex Ferguson, pretty much the competition's guaranteed big hitters year on year. So, a brief intro, they're the first professional rugby league team based in the state of Victoria. And they entered the competition in 1998 on the back of the Super League War. So, they, they were actually supposed to initially be a Super League initiative. But following the collapse of the Super League, the team became part of a newly formed United competition, replacing the previously existing ARL and the new upstart, the Super League. The club will play their home games at Amy Park, and the Storm have won four premierships since their inception. In 1999, 2012, 2017 and 2020, they have contested several more grand finals but as a result of the salary caps they were also stripped of their 2007 and 2009 premiership titles following a record attendance at a state of origin fixture in melbourne in 1994 at the melbourne cricket ground the then australian rugby league arl had planned to establish a melbourne based team in the premiership by 1998 however the disruption caused by the super league war disrupted these plans and by May of 1997 Super League boss John Rebo had pushed for a Melbourne based club in his competition just to briefly touch on the Super League war so the long-standing competition in Australia was the ARL Australian Rugby League and the Super League was an upstart competition which was aiming to post the best players and provide a superior product it was kind of led by, I think it was True Media, which is a subsidiary of Fox Sports, and by extension, a subsidiary of Rupert Murdoch and Sky. But we'll get to that another day. Former Brisbane Broncos centre Chris Johns became the CEO of the club, and Rebo stepped down from the head of Super League to help set up the club. In addition, the head of News Limit, Ken Crowley, was also appointed as chairman. In September of 1997, Melbourne announced that Chris Anderson would be their foundation coach. The Super League upstart fell apart and effectively at the end of 1997 there were 21 rugby league teams around Australia with one in New Zealand. Three of the clubs were then jettisoned, Newtown Blues, and North Sydney Bears to name a few and in 1998 
the game reunited with the new NRL and the Melbourne Storm were added to the Australian Rugby League landscape in advance of the maiden 1998 season. The Melbourne Storm were clever in their recruitment, signing players mainly from the Super League sides that have folded, but also picking up some key experienced players. These include Robbie Ross, Glenn Lazarus, Brett Camorley and Scott Hill. In their first game, they defeated the Illawarra Steelers with Glenn Lazarus as their inaugural captain. Melbourne, in a complete shock to the rest of the competition, won their first four games. They were expected to be also ranked. Their first loss came to the Auckland Warriors, now rebranded as the New Zealand Warriors, and they went on to make the finals. They were defeated by the eventual premiers and at that time the strongest side in the NRL or what would have been the ARL and then moving swiftly on to the NRL the Brisbane Broncos in January of 1999 in advance of the season executive director John Rebo negotiated a deal that saw Melbourne Storm games televised in China every weekend the club won 8 of the first 11 games of the 1999 season and went on to make the finals in third position on the Premiership ladder. After narrow victories against Canterbury Bulldogs and the Parramatta Eels, Melbourne advanced to face St George Illawarra in the grand final. The Storm staged a late comeback in the game to win 20 points to 18 secure the maiden premiership and after a fairy tale introduction to professional rugby league in Australia their defense began relatively slowly they lost their first four games of the 2000 season but still managed to make the finals finishing sixth overall they were eventually knocked out by Newcastle in the quarterfinals and between 2001 and 2002 the club's on-field performances began to wane. They finished in 10th place in 2002 and cracks were starting to appear between John Rebo and Anderson. Anderson quit as coach after round 7 in 2001 and was replaced by Mark Murray. Johns also left the club as CEO at the end of 2002 and coach Murray was sacked due to Melbourne's poor form with the club missing the finals for a second successive season and it's here where the Melbourne Storm make arguably the greatest coaching decision of the modern era so Wayne Bennett's assistant coach at the Brisbane Broncos Craig Bellamy was announced as the new coach of Melbourne for 2003 in addition a new captain in Kiwi International Stephen Kearney. Bellamy's strict coaching had an almost immediate effect and saw the Melbourne Storm get back on track from the previous lean years. For all intensive purposes, Melbourne Storm were now here to stay. Between 2003 and 2005, Melbourne consistently made the finals. They did, however, lose games in the semi-finals which prevented them from reaching the grand final but another pivotal aspect of this cog is they developed at the same time probably the greatest spine in modern rugby league 
the arrival of young Queenland, Queenslanders in Billy Slater at fullback, Cameron Smith at hooker, and Cooper Cronk at dummy half. Smith provided support to the existing established player in Matty Offord and his forwards, and also provided supporters with confidence of the club's future. By 2005, Storm coach Craig Bellamy, in his third full season as an NRL coach, gained representative honours when he was selected to start coaching the country origin team. One of the key events in the rugby calendar is the State of Origin three-game series between New South Wales and Queensland. But one of the precursors to the selection process, I suppose, for New South Wales is the annual country versus city origin game. The 2006 season saw the retirement of captain Robbie Cairns and the emergence of halfback Cooper Cronk, who had taken over the position from Matty Offord. In addition, the Storm also recruited a bit of a journeyman in NRL, but a noted hard man in Michael Crocker. The club also moved away from a single captain, electing to use rotation captain's policy. In 2006 alone, they used five captains, including Cameron Smith for the first time. Contrary to expectation, 2006 was a standout year for Melbourne Storm. They won their first minor premiership, only losing four games in the season. And they went on to win their first two final match- matches and were favourites in 2006 NRL Grand Final. However, they came up short by 15 points to 8 against the Brisbane Broncos. For the NRL purists, this final is a bit famous, but infamous. It was marred by extremely controversial refereeing decisions against Melbourne and it caused a huge media fallout in the days and weeks following. In 2007, however, they were not to be stopped. The Storm finished the season minor premiers again, finishing top of the table, and they progressed to the final series. Did a win over Brisbane, 40 points to zero, to avenge the fin- the previous season's grand final loss. They then defeated Parramatta, 26 to 10, in the preliminary final, and the grand final against the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. They won 34-8, with Greg Inglis winning the Clive Churchill Medal for best on ground. It is worth noting that this premiership was one of two to be stripped from the Melbourne Zone. In 2008, Foundation player Matt Guyer became the first player to play 250 games for the club and Melbourne again finished top of the ladder after 26, 26 rounds of the regular season. They again defeated Brisbane 16 points to 14, scoring in the last minute of the semi-final. However, Cameron Smith was suspended for two matches for a, a grapple tackle on Brisbane Santide and this would see him miss the rest of the finals with coach Craig Bellamy also fined 50,000 Australian dollars for making skating remarks against the NRL's judiciary system. In the preliminary final Melbourne convincingly beat Cronulla 28 to nil to, nil to qualify for the grand final. They did however suffer the heaviest grand final defeat in league history falling down 40 points to zero against Manly who also gained revenge 
for the previous year's grand final. Greg Inglis, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith and Israel Folau, a name that has made its way to these parts of the world, all won awards at the Daily M Awards and Slater and Smith finished equal second for the Daily M medal. The Daily M Awards are the NRL's version I suppose of Ballon d'Or with a Daly M side picked and an overall Daly M winner. Billy Slater was also awarded International Player of the Year Golden Boot for 2008, following on from Cameron Smith's victory in the Golden Boot Award in 2007. In 2009, however, Melbourne finished fourth on the ladder. However, they went on to defeat Manly 40 points to 12 in the first week of the finals, followed by Brisbane 40 points to 10 in the preliminary finals. And in qualifying for a fourth straight grand final, they equaled the record of the great Parramatta side from the early 80s as the first side since 1984 to reach four straight grand finals. And in a storybook grand final, it was Parramatta who they actually faced. Parramatta that season had actually finished 8th and that is the last spot in the finals ladder but they'd won 10 of their last 11 matches and were on the billet kind of champions of destiny. The Storm had led at one stage by 16 points but the game did finish 23 points to 16 in Melbourne's favour. Slater went on to win the Clive Churchill medal and they were named as the NRL's team of the decade for the noise. And in an award that they'll probably claim as as being one of the most important in the club's history. The Melbourne Storm were voted the state of Victoria's most popular sports team in October of 2009, which may seem insignificant to us, but anyone that's aware of the sporting landscape in Australia will know that Victoria is Australian rules football and it's a constant, constant battle for rugby league and the Melbourne Storm in the state to... I suppose keep the notoriety and keep their popularism. In 2010, a number of changes were made to senior management of the club. Firstly, Brian Waldron resigned his position as CEO to take up the same position at the Melbourne Rebels rugby union team. Um, they kind of had newly joined Super Rugby. He was replaced by Chief Operating Officer Matt Hansen. In April, Matt Hansen was stood down and Ron Gauntry appointed. On the field, the Storm's first match of the season was the 2010 World Cup Challenge against the equally dominant England side, English side of the time, the Leeds Rhinos. In very cold and wet conditions in Headingley Park, Storm prevailed 18 points to 10. And it's here where all the successes start to lead to problems. On the 22nd of April 2010, the club admitted that it had breached the NRL salary cap between 2006 and 2010. They had managed to achieve this by running a dual contract and bookkeeping system, which left the NRL ignorant of approximately 3.17 million Australian dollars in payments made to players outside of the salary cap. As a result of the breach, NRL chief executive David Gallup stripped the club of all titles earned in this period, including the 2007 and 2009 premierships, heavily fined the club, 
deducted all premiership points achieved to that point and barred them from receiving any more for the rest of the 2010 season. The club at that point had actually won enough matches to make the finals but automatically finished in last place due to the penalties. Melbourne did have something to celebrate in 2010 however with the opening of the new home ground of Amy Park in May. The stadium had been expected to be used right from the beginning of the season however construction delays had postponed the opening. It is I suppose worth noting a few little things that maybe don't stick out that fee of 3.17 million is an exceptional amount for nrl i suppose if you compare it to kind of association football standards probably seems fairly insignificant the 2010 salary cap for example was 4.22 million spread across 25 players you can have your first grade squad announced at the start of every season that it was to include wages First and foremost, bonuses had to be declared in the salary cap, as well as any kind of BIK or benefit in kind. So any houses, if you need new signings, you need to sort another house, that would also need to be included in the salary cap and an apportionment for what an equivalent of rent would be, a car, any of these type of third party agreements also had to be included in the salary cap. So it was a significant amount of money. And then the other thing as well, the finish bottom. The NRL is similar to say the NFL or the NBA, there is no promotion relegation. So it's kind of an empty punishment. But look, we're gonna park this story here. I'll delve into it more more deeply and kind of how they managed to boycott the system and what was the eventual fallout in part two on Thursday evening. I am Sasquatch, thanks very much for tuning. And make sure to like, comment, review wherever you find this podcast. Sasquatch out.